That last verse of our gospel text is chilling. When the devil had finished every temptation, he departed from him for a time. Now, two things should be taken from this. First, the devil is a very real being. If Jesus, God in the flesh, understood this, it is utter arrogance to deny it. Second, the darkness the devil strives to keep us in will not be fully destroyed until the Lord returns. May it happen today. This means that every Christian, whatever his or her church, must be prepared to roll up their sleeves and engage in spiritual battle. The devil is only a creature, made good by God, but chose of his own free will to disobey God and thereby distorted the goodness of his nature. Now, the scriptures do not tell us what happened that this incredibly powerful angel and other angels chose to rebel. We don't know. Jesus told his disciples in Luke chapter 10, verse 18, that he saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven, revealing that it was before the creation of man that Satan and other angels rebelled against God, and since there has never been a time in which the Son has not been one with the Father, the Son, Jesus, witnessed Satan's expulsion from heaven. Did you notice the interesting phrase the devil began his statements with when he presented Jesus in, with two temptations? The devil said, if you are the son of God, what was that about? Perhaps the devil was so shocked at the scandalous mercy of God that God would want to become one with man so man could become one with God, that the devil wanted to poke around, see if he could find some weaknesses in this humanity of Jesus. The devil's always poking around your humanity and mine to find our weaknesses. He's pretty good at it. From the devil's perspective, tempting the old Adam was a piece of cake Lots of bonus prizes to come along with it, bringing chaos, divisiveness, sin, and death into the goodness of God's creation. And the devil's been pretty much doing the same thing ever since. And the devil must have thought, it can't be that hard to tempt this new Adam. I know what the old Adam was like. This new Adam can't be that much different. And he tailored the temptations, as he does with you and me to get Jesus to doubt himself by manipulating him into misusing his power and his authority, just as he manipulates you and me into self-doubt and to misuse the gifts that we've been given, to try to get Jesus to go against God's word, just as he tempted the old Adam by getting him to doubt God and assert his authority over God's commandment. Whenever man falls for that delicious illusion. 
that we know better than God. Whenever man turns away from God and turns into himself, all he will accomplish is his own destruction, to go into ever deeper darkness, create chaos in his life, and very often in the lives of others, and glorifies the evil one. Jesus' voluntary exile into the wilderness, traditionally the abode of the demons in Jewish theology, calls us to consider that the Son of God in our humanity invaded the domain of the demons. He went on the demon's turf to confront the evil one's darkness with divine light, the devil's falsehoods with truths, and the evil one's hatred of man with divine love for man. But the wilderness also represents something else. It is the horrible, arid, desolate isolation that man experiences because of his alienation from God that man alone is responsible for through sin. You may have noticed how the devil quoted the scriptures to Jesus. The devil knows the scriptures better than biblical scholars. And he knows how to twist them and get us to twist God's word to make it say what we want it to say. We see this being played out in our own time by those the devil has so cleverly tempted to twist and distort God's word to say that now God approves of same-sex marriage. It's okay with God. Or that it's acceptable to suck a living child out of its mother's womb. It's okay with God. Or it's okay to give grandma or grandpa a little shot and send them off into eternity. Or it's okay to take the life of a terminally ill patient. Or it's okay to take the life of a disabled person because it's, it's more merciful. But again, we must remember that as powerful as this fallen angel is, as powerful as his temptations, he is only a creature who is ultimately defeated by truth. Every believer, whatever their church, will experience temptation in one form or another until he or she draws that last breath. This life, as I said earlier, is one of spiritual warfare. It is part and parcel of being a fallen creature living in a fallen universe. Every temptation whatever it may be, has a common goal, to entice us to turn away from God and turn towards something, someone, maybe ourselves, as our ultimate hope, our ultimate good, our supreme pleasure. And that will plunge us into ever deeper darkness and despair that if we do not repent, will have us ensnared for eternity. There are antidotes for temptations, whatever form they take. First, when we experience the temptation, we turn to God. 
rather than the thing or the creature that we're tempted to see as our supreme good, our ultimate joy. It really is just that simple. Second, we use all the spiritual weapons that we've been given. Study the Bible. Know God's word. With all the excellent Catholic resources online, books, parish classes, there is no excuse. St. Jerome said way back in the third century, ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ. And he's right. By being rooted in God's word, we are rooted in truth. Being faithful to mass and making it a priority. Why? The Eucharist gives us the graces we need to resist temptation and avoid sin. Even if one cannot go to Holy Communion, for whatever reason, one can always receive a blessing and tell the Lord one desires to receive him. Jesus will never abandon anyone who seeks him. It is by coming to Mass that we are lifted up in prayer by all others. And we lift them. A very strong reason we all need to make the Mass, the Divine Liturgy, a priority, since it serves not only our needs, but the needs of all who are gathered, even if they are total strangers. We never make the spiritual journey alone but always in the community of faith. Going to confession frequently, and by that I mean at least once a month. I try at least once a month. If I can go more frequently, I do. Why? Frequent confession helps us to see the unhealthy, damaging patterns our sins create and the moments of temptation when we are inclined to give in to the temptation. And that kind of self-knowledge is a grace. It gives us power to make changes in our lives. Going to confession once a year doesn't do a thing. The gospel tells us that though the devil withdrew from Jesus, he would return at a later time. This was to be the hour of the cross. And the final temptation of the devil came through people. If you are the Son of God, come down from that cross. St. Augustine, back in the fourth century, said that the devil would come at Jesus not as a serpent, as in the Garden of Eden, but as a voracious lion to devour its prey. For now, the believer must accept that the devil will relentlessly tempt us, that this life is one of spiritual warfare. We do not need to be afraid because with Jesus, we are assured of victory. But we must always be vigilant.